What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Generation Freedom Podcast. I'm Nady. I am your host. I'm a licensed professional counselor in Houston, Texas. On each episode, we are going to explore mental health, finding life balance, wellness, and interpersonal relationship. This podcast is for those of us working to become the best versions of ourselves that we've ever been. And just by the way, I really do hope you enjoy this podcast, but please know that the content on this platform is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Now let's jump in to the episode. Let's go. All right. On today's episode, I am joined by a guest by the name of James Harris. If you don't know him, he has an amazing, inspirational and motivational Instagram page. But let me run down his credentials for you. So James is an army vet. He earned his master's degree in counseling after retiring from the military Currently, he lives in Richmond, Virginia with his wife and his daughter, where he sees clients in his own private practice called The Healing Hub, and he does individual therapy. He does community-based work where he gets out and does groups with people right in their own homes and in their comfort zone. He started this international movement called Men to Heal, which I love so much because he focuses on assisting men to improve their wellness, including their mental and physical health. And you can definitely check out everything about him on his website, mentoheal.com, all the links and everything to his website, his merch, his social media, his YouTube, his book will be in the show notes. Uh, That's one of the other cool things we're going to talk to him about today is this awesome interactive guide that he's created. So we're going to jump into all things mental health and destigmatizing, destigmatizing mental health today and supporting our communities. He is the man to discuss this with. So I'm really excited. Let's jump in to the interview. I appreciate you, first of all, for actually like taking the time. And I really like this background you got going on with the shoes and the stuff. Yeah, yeah my uh, daughter down some bears in the office doing some stuff. So I'm in my shoe club. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I, I got in the closet as well. I figured out that with the podcasting situation, all the insulation from the clothes does actually make a difference when people talk about recording in their closet. It actually does make a sound difference. So I support it. So, hi, James. How you doing? I'm all right. Thank you so much for taking the time. I wanted to talk to you about erasing stigma. It seems like a lot of your social media and things that you post about and your YouTube channel and and everything is really around stigmatization or the destigmatization, I guess I should say, of mental health. I even saw you post, I don't know if that was today or yesterday, you like just posted about how people, you know, critiquing Black folks in the workplace, our hair is being regulated, tattoos, like something like that you like just posted about. So it's like, yeah, that was today. It's a big deal. That was today. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a it's a big thing. And I appreciate that you speak out about it quite often, especially as a man in the industry. But I want you, if you can, kind of introduce yourself to those that are listening just about who you are and maybe your your journey 
to becoming a clinician and being so passionate about mental health, if that was always a thing or maybe there was a, a story to that. Hey, what's going on, good people? My name is James Harris. I am located in Richmond, Virginia. I'm a father. I'm a veteran. I'm an entrepreneur. I and mean, I definitely appreciate you for having me on your platform to discuss whatever it is we're going to discuss today. Yeah, so I am a therapist and getting into it, it was not something that I envisioned myself doing. It was more of a doing this to better serve my community. So to answer your question on what was the reason I got into therapy, it was based on the fact of I was a ward of the state. I was in foster home and group home. My dad died when I was five. My mom got sick when I was about uh, nine or 10. So the state had to step in. Anyway, being a ward of the state, therapy was mandatory. It was weekly. And for me, I didn't obtain as much as I could from therapy because of a lot of different reasons. But most of them now, I understand it was culturally related. You know, I'm this young kid from the projects and all of the therapists that I've encountered were older white people, you know, so it wasn't a process of us getting to know each other. We didn't build a cohesive bond. It was no rapport. You know, it just, it, it just seemed like something that they had to do or I had to do to check the box off. You know, it wasn't a process of healing and growing and, you know, analyzing different stuff. So, you know, I did it. Uh, fast forward later, wind up joining the army. Eight years, two deployments, one in Iraq, one in Afghanistan, and I uh, knew I was different. So I tried therapy again, and this time it was the same thing. You know, and, wow, and that's part. Times over, it wasn't a good experience. And that's part of the reason why a lot of veterans tend to like groups opposed to individual therapy because you got that shared experience. You know, when I tried it again, it was this lady with no combat experience. You know, it just wasn't a good experience. So for me. I, I paused entrepreneurship and I felt like it was something that I had to do. I mean, what I mean had to do was, you know, I went back, got my bachelor's in psychology. Then I got my master's in uh, clinical mental health counseling. Then I started the licenses journey. And, you know, here we are, private practice, community-based services, you know, just giving back. Because I want that little boy in a project to see somebody who look like him and who can identify with him. And I also, of course, definitely, I want my men to be able to gravitate towards the healing journey. And for my fellow veterans, I just feel that it's a different conversation when somebody has shared those traumatic experiences or can walk the walk opposed to just having those, you know, the book knowledge. So I have a, a plethora, you know, I got the book knowledge, the case studies, but I have the actual life of all those things I assist people with, you know, so that's, that's how we get here for real. Wow. Well, you know, that is the, uh, I think, a stereotype amongst other therapists, not the outside world, but we always talk about that we are our ideal client or, you know, we are our, like, whatever journey we went through is pretty much the reason why you got into doing therapy in the first place. And then all people with your similar issues is kind of who you attract yourself to. That's, that's really cool. And how you decided to sort of turn that around. Cause I feel like that could have went a totally different way with you just being over it. I wonder if you've seen that a lot where like there are people, maybe guys you've worked with that they, they were about to quit on trying to heal their mental health or heal, you know, or see a therapist or whatever, because of having maybe some experiences like yours. Yeah. So not just uh, men, I've seen a lot of women, a lot of people period, you know, give up on the therapy thing or, or cast an entire shadow on therapy based on the poor experience that they had and didn't want to go back or just said, nah, that don't work. It's a TV show out right now with a couple of different celebrities. And it was a 
life coach doing a session with them. But of course, the individual, the celebrity receiving the consultation, he automatically assumed that they were therapists. And he was like, oh, no, I ain't messing with no therapist. She did X, Y, Z. Yeah. And, you know, the, the sad thing about that is that would never be rectified. It would never be changed to a blurb putting in there. Hey, this is not a therapy. This is a, right, you know, so gonna, now. Right. Exactly. So all the viewers out there are like, oh, no, nah, this is what therapy is. I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if we look at what's my lady name, Miss, Miss uh, Ayana, you know, she get into uh-huh. people Ayala. and they think. Yeah, they think that's what therapy is. What is the difference? And Ayala's uh, like a preacher or like, I'm not sure what her actual like background is but she's not a therapist and she and she says that but i know a lot of people who still say like i'm not going to therapy i see what she's and you know that time you try to correct everybody is difficult you know so that's the entire thing with that that's really that's really funny that you say that because that's a that is a really big thing the idea of people i have people come to therapy and like come do consultations with me you know they need a lot of directives and they're like just tell me what to do and it's like mm, i don't know your life i can't tell you what to do also that's not exactly my job but somebody like an ayanla life coaches they're very much like literally this is what you need to do everything is messed up All, everything you did is wrong and da-da-da-da. this is why your family falling apart and like you know i feel like a lot of us i'm not I'm not about to tell you everything is wrong. I'm not going to invalidate your whole life experience. But that's kind of the maybe because of television. Yeah, maybe that's it's a different expectations and nobody's going to tell them like, actually, that may not be what happens. There's some people that could be like that, but that might not be what happens when you go to therapy. That is really funny that you mentioned that. I I can 100 percent see that being a, a weird barrier, I guess, for people coming to to therapy in the first place. And so let me ask you this part, like with the idea of trying to, like you said, it's a lot of people. It, it's too many to change everybody's mind. Why is it so important to you? You post about these things. You make these videos. It seems like you're still trying to get the word out there. Why is it so important to you knowing the, the wall that you might be up against slash the sheer number of people that could be that need to their minds changed? Yeah. So changing people's minds is not that important to me, to be honest with you. Reaching the people I can reach or assist the people I can assist is important Mm -hmm. to me. So to me, that's part of my journey. I'm not out there to convince anybody. Even when I get referred by wives or partners or parents, I'm like, hey, I can only assist people who, one, see an issue with their actions and who want to change. I understand that you love this person, you're referring them, but it'll be too much resistance if they're not ready or they don't want to do it. There's you no know, point. And that's a, it's a waste of their time. It's a waste of their money. It's a waste of your time. There's no point. Yeah, yeah. So for me, that's what it's about. Like, I, I definitely want to help as many people as I can. Not necessarily, I'm not looking to change anybody's opinion or mind about therapy. You know, I put the information out there and if you gravitate to it, then you just so happen to gravitate to it. You know, like the same thing I'm sure with different artists probably do. Like, I don't know any artist that's saying, I'm going to paint this picture for Jessica or, you know what I mean? Right, like for this person or these groups yeah, of people. I'm going to paint it and I hope that it captivates somebody and somebody, you know, receives it. Or I'm going to write this song, I'm going I'm to do this beat. It goes that way, you know, so hopefully people gravitate to it. Right, right. I like that perspective on it because it is like I can't change anybody's mind that doesn't that isn't interested or isn't trying to change open to change right away yeah and that because that's too much resistance like you know i can be working with somebody who actually want the help opposed to me trying to navigate uncovering your layers in addition to 
battling with you trying to convince you or show you why you should be here like i don't <laughs> no. want to do none of that it's like i'm not gonna fight you <laughs> like you yeah, know you yeah, want to yeah. go you don't you have good. to be here <laughs> Sorry, i'm not about to fight you on this that's true that's that's really important do you find i don't know if you're in your community-based work like if you're working with a lot of people of color if you're working with the black community a lot is that who tends to gravitate towards you for the most part so where I am, it's pretty diverse, but I definitely market to um, African-Americans because I want them to get as much healing as they can. But my, my caseloads, my clientele is different age ranges, different ethnicities. I think my youngest is probably nine and my oldest is, you know, mid 70s. And I have a couple African-Americans, a couple Hispanics and, you know, just a wide range of people. So I'm, I'm willing to assist anybody and help anybody. It's just specifically, I want to ensure that my demographic has the information because- mm-hmm. Like they know so, you're here. Like as long exactly. As yeah, here. yeah. In, in so many instances, access and availability has been a hindrance to, you know, our demographic, our, our culture in many cases. So I don't want to contribute to that. So I definitely ensure that I do my part by- making sure that they know like, hey, here's an outlet, here's a resource. It's been working thus far, it's pretty good. People reach out also from all over the country, but I can only see clients in Virginia based on, you know, the license and jurisdiction and stuff like that. You know, you know, tragedy, tragedy strikes. I have actually had a similar experience where I market more to minorities, people of color, and tend to get everybody and like you said same thing being on social media people come to you from different different states and everything else but i i like the idea that you're saying like just make sure my people know here's a resource here i am if you need me i'm available there's people that look like you out here that's i think the the big deal why people probably come your way why people come my way and and friends of mine because we try to make our put ourselves out there more so because I, I do think a lot of folks I find in my day to day, like friends, family, they're just sure that I'm the only black therapist that they've ever seen or known or whatever. And it's like, no, there's a lot of us out here. But for some reason, it's still kind of hard to find, it seems like. And then also maybe there is still like that idea that black folks don't go to therapy or the idea that either we can't get help or like you said earlier, having a bad experience. When you see people in general, I wonder if you see a difference too. Cause I, I ask people that a lot. Like, do you see a difference in your minority clients versus Caucasian clients in that stigma they have? Is it across the board? What does it look like for you in your practice? As far as what, which, which part of the stigma are you referring to? Like just mental health in general, like, or if you see a difference, like some people find stigma in this area and that area, I don't know. But I, I find that it's, it's mostly my clients of color that come to me. Like I haven't told my mom, nobody knows I'm doing this and I've had this many bad experiences. So I'm trying again. It's the last time I'm going to try that kind of thing. So to be real with you, I think because I'm so loud, by the time somebody comes to me, it's because they <laughs> exhausted all those opportunities. Like, <laughs> I can't recall a client saying, hey, uh, you know, like I'm sneaking to be here or it's a I can't tell them about I'm a therapist. Like by the time you get to me, I think because of my presence is so loud and I'm always branding and, you know, uh, putting it out there like, yo, it's cool. It's acceptable. It's let's end the stigma. I think by the time people get to me, they realize like, yo, I'm just trying to change. I'm just trying to see what this means. And I don't recall encountering somebody to say, hey. 
I can't tell my boys when I'm saying therapy. You know what I'm saying? Because I do a lot of groups in the community too. And um, so I, I think by the time they have gotten to me, it's, yo, I, I don't care what nobody thinks. That perception don't mean nothing. Like I need it. I need what you're putting out there. That's the reception I've been getting. That's really good. That's really good. I am not finding the same thing. It could be a cultural thing because I'm sort of in the South and it's different Black Southern culture. I don't know. It can be something else. But I do. I still find that people feel like they're sneaking to see me and and stuff like that. I think that's awesome. I actually have referred a couple people to your Instagram page specifically to say like to give them ideas about as far as introducing themselves going to therapy to their family members or to their spouse or something like that like and I'll say like you know these guys like a couple of different pages say they talk a lot about the stigma and like accepting so even just like the attitude and the idea and like the um, the confidence behind you know the way that uh you post and you word things I'll send them to to those pages to say like like it is what it is like it literally just is what it is you don't have to prove yourself to anybody you don't have to explain yourself to anybody because you're trying to heal and you're trying to improve your life and your circle. But I think that's cool. I'm really glad to to hear that it's it's not so like they're not so closed off by the time they get to you. Like that's super Yeah, cool. no, nah, by the time they get to me, they've been anxious already. Like, yo, listen, like I've right. been searching, you know, I'm ready to do the work <laughs> or this is the issues, like what can we do? So, you know, I've just mm-hmm. been fortunate. You know, my goal is to keep that response like that. Because again, like I don't want to have to battle nobody or I don't want nobody to feel like they have to check the box. A hundred percent. And it's the worst. It's it's quite it's quite a struggle. So I can I ask you about your book? Because I have I have some questions. It's at, number one, I thought it was such a cool concept. Like once I got it, seeing there's some journaling aspects, um, some like because it's called man just express yourself. So different ways to express yourself. Can you, how did you come up with the concept of that? Like, did you feel like, I don't know, like, how did you know this is what was needed? Is this the same, like, this is what I needed. So this is what I'm going to make the concept of here's some ideas. Here's this topic. Now journal about it, draw about it, like get it out. Talk to me about how that concept. Yeah. Yeah. So a mixture of reasons. Um, So one, like I get tons of emails or inboxes asking so many of the same questions. And then two is a couple of different exercises that I normally give my clients within session or within the community and stuff like that. So for me, I just was like, oh man, let me just put that out there for everybody. And I realized, of course, interventions are interventions. So a lot of different therapists use similar interventions, whether it's writing or drawing. And I wanted it to be adolescent friendly. So young as age is 10 that can do this book based on comprehension. So that was the process. So what I did was I jotted down 65 or so different topics, one that men typically wouldn't talk about or have difficulty talking about unless they are in a safe space. More than likely, those safe spaces. 65 topics in there? Yeah, probably a little over 65. Yeah. So those safe spaces normally look like the barbershop or the mechanic shop or at the basketball court or something like that. But we need these safe spaces to be, of course, with your partner, your wife, your kids, just in places to where you wouldn't normally talk about it. So I wanted that to be the the go all, the be all. And of course, my fellow therapists, again, they use some of these same interventions, you know, so it was it was friendly to them. Um, And then it was friendly to my parents because they can give this book to that to that son and they can monitor and see 
if he's still triggered by the same things, how does his growth look? What areas are you challenged in? What areas is he improving in? And then for the wives, I've had different wives contact me that's been married 40 plus years, 20 plus years saying, hey, this is the most my husband has ever opened up. So I've, I've been happy to receive the feedback. And I put in there the ability to draw out your answer and ability to write out your answer because a lot of people don't typically know how to articulate what they want to say, but we got creative expression. We can do so many different ways and create narratives that that's why I put that in there. So overall, it's been a phenomenal uh, experience to read the, the different feedback that people's leaving or that they're sending in. So I'm just fortunate that, you know, it worked or it's working. Yeah, yeah. No, I love the concept. Once I actually like saw it in my hands, I said, oh, wow, like this is actually a really cool idea. And I agree that I think it, 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 the layout of it, anyone could use it. It's not just men. Once I actually like looked at all the topics, but also not just adults, like teenagers, it's totally, I think, applicable to, to anybody, especially just trying to get, get a better understanding of themselves as it relates to some of those topics. Like if the topic was anger, if the topic was communication, like you have so many different ones in there that it's like, if they don't have a good reference, they can see, they can see from you. Okay. Like here's a little bit of an understanding of what it is. Now you talk about it now you say your version of it or, or what have you I really like that that layout now for me I saw it as I could flip through like a concordance like a concordance of the bible you know you kind of look and like here's the topic I need let me go find that scripture right here or whatever I don't know if you're a religious person I reflect back to my childhood <laughs> so yeah. like that so I kind of looked at it that way like I could look for the topic and then go and pick it how would you suggest is that how you would suggest to use the book or how how would you think it would be best going from cover to cover or what so it would all depends to be honest with you like it's a content page so of course I would suggest if you're an individual purchasing it for yourself keep the content decide on where you need to go first. You know, you may decide like, oh, let me see what trauma's talking about. And let me see if I can uncover or process some of my own trauma. Or it can just be centered around manhood or stress or conflict. Like, oh, cool. Let me let me see what peer pressure and leadership is talking about. So if you're an individual, I encourage you to flip through and see where you want to start. But if you're a wife out there or a partner, you know, I would suggest, and if you gift in this book to, to the man in your life, I would suggest you highlight what you want him to do first or, you know, number what you want him to do first. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we can work through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the wife, you know, because she might want to start with mood or affection or anger or feelings, love, self-care, forgiveness, relationship or ego, you know, so she might want to decide on what she want him to do and you know within succession and then they can process together over dinner or date night or whatever the case is so it doesn't feel yeah, like a yeah. so it doesn't feel like a chore for him it feels like an exercise to enhance their relationship and of course if you're a parent you can do the same thing highlight a couple of areas you want your your son to uh start or, or process with oh wow yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. I didn't think about using it as like with the partner or with a man of my life and like picking some things out and doing it together. That's a really cool way to utilize it. The thinking about, I want to jump back to something you said earlier about people that finally come to you, like, because like maybe your personality, your 
brand, the way you talk about this stuff, people already come to you kind of like ready and they don't feel that pressure anymore to hide or, or anything like that. People that aren't therapists, that aren't psychologists, that don't have, you know, the background and the understanding of the effectiveness and all of this, like what mental health treatment and everything is for while we do this stuff, how, how can their family members, what's your advice on if I'm a person that's ready, but nobody around me is interested or they, you know, think I'm ridiculous, I'm doing what I want to do. It is what it is. I'm going to therapy. I'm living my life. How do I relay that message of the benefits and the importance and stuff? Like I'm ready, but my community's not. My ecosystem doesn't get it. What's your advice to those people? Evaluate uh, those people around you then. So here's the thing. It's a difference between, and I got a video on my YouTube that you can check out as well. My YouTube channel is called Men to Heal. You can get, get there from my website. Subscribe, check out the videos and everything. But it's a difference between a support system and enablers. So if your support system is not supporting you on your journeys or your, you know, those things, then you definitely might need to find another support system. Um, right. One to accept you. And especially with something that you're trying to enhance your overall wellness for. If they can't understand that or don't want to understand that, then that means they're probably within the same situation and they don't want to correct those actions within themselves. So they're probably trying to deter you from doing it. But if you are within a strong support system and, you know, because they will acknowledge the fact like, oh yeah, you could benefit from doing groups or therapy or, you know, you do get upset, you know, you've been depressed or you've been down or you've been isolating or you haven't been engaging with me the way that you normally do or your tone is a little off. So yeah, I encourage you to check those things out. I applaud you for doing those things, you know, and if it's the opposite way around, like, oh no, you don't need to have them people in your business or you don't need to talk to these therapists or whatever, like then you might need to evaluate your circle and and where you are because that can be to your detriment, you know, because you're not going to grow or you're going to stay in those same situations to where you still are in a situation of being isolated or, you know, easy, easy, uh, agitated or irritable and stuff like that, which can cause other issues in other areas of your life. And that's when it's an issue, when you are impairing different functions of your life, whether it's home, community, work, or school, you know. So if you're in a situation that people don't want to acknowledge or support you in your growth journey, you might need to evaluate who you got around you. That's a that's a real thing. Like people have trouble sometimes letting go or maybe just not being as close to as they used to with certain people, like especially people you either grew up with or family members, you friends you've had for such a long time that when you're growing, they don't maybe they don't quite understand all the time that like as you're changing, people don't always change with you, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we got we definitely have to understand that we grow at different paces. We we develop at different journeys, you know, and and it's about recognition. You see yourself growing. Take that growth journey. Hopefully the people that you love and embrace will embrace it with you and grow with it with you. But if not, it's still something that you should definitely do because you have to. Right. You have to. You really do. The the way the world is is going, it's it's like. This is our this is our time to get our healing so that we can we can make make the changes that need to be made. The other thing 
that you said earlier about your experience with previous therapists while you were in the military and also while you were in as a ward of the state, just getting placed with these therapists, these old white people didn't understand your experience and have your experience, didn't always seem interested or connected to you. I do find that people still tell me, like I said, I don't know where to find a black therapist. I've been looking everywhere. All I can find is these old white women and whatever, whatever. What advice would you give those people too? I wonder, like, how do you find somebody that looks like you, whether, whether you're black or not, how do you just find someone that looks like you if you want someone in your community? Yeah, so consultations are, are free in most cases. You can um, definitely mm, consult with true. a therapist. You know, so if I was you, I would definitely suggest you uh, interviewing different therapists. Just because your insurance company suggested or you did the research, you found one, that doesn't mean you have to go to them. You can say, hey, I want to make sure we're a good fit and then run off your questions. But you also can go to areas where it is predominantly culturally based. So you can go to uh, Counseling for Black Girls or Counseling for Black Men or psychologytoday.com and set uh, specific criteria in which you're seeking or looking for. Or you can go to NAMI.org and they have different groups and different sessions within your specific community and demographic. And they probably can refer you or lead you to a therapist that's LGBTQ plus affirming or, you know, uh, African-American or Asian or whomever you're looking for. So I I would suggest you do your due diligence and not just accept something that somebody give you. Even if I give you a referral, I would want you to at least, you know, question them on if they're a good fit opposed to just assuming they are. So if you, you know, if the insurance company say, hey, here's five therapists in your, in your area, you know, you got a couple sessions interview all five of them, you know, see which one you like best, see which one you feel comfortable with the best. Don't feel like you have to say, they gave me these five, so I got to pick one of them. No, those five don't work. Look elsewhere, do your own research. Right. The, the, the relationship with the therapist, I try to tell people, it's not like going to the doctor or going to the gynecologist or like whatever, you go for 15 minutes, they give you, you know, they ask you about your symptoms, you get your medication and go, or you do your little checkup and go. It's not the same. The relationship's really intimate. You have to be really comfortable with that person. You have to feel like you're safe to share and talk to that person. So you, I think that's really good advice. Actually, I haven't said it quite that way of like interviewing potential therapist. I like that, that language, because when you do your consultation, it's not just for, for me to see if I would work for you, it's for you to see if I'm a good fit for you. Like if this is going to be this really deep situation, hello, like you make sure yeah. you're, you feel connected to them and you feel good about them. Cause I agree. Insurance companies will play, play people. And then that's how we end up in the cycle of like, man, I don't like therapy. I because as soon as they leave your office, they're going to say, oh, no, nah, th- I ain't going back to that therapist or that, right. you know. And then never to be seen again anywhere, not just with, with this person. They'll never do it again. So I think that's that's a really good idea to be more diligent in the consultation and kind of, um, you know, take charge and have some agency over who, you know, asking your questions and not just letting them talk at you figure out if they're really a good fit by asking your own questions to them. And of course, yeah, all those directories are pretty bomb. Yeah, Black Female Therapist, Therapy for Black Girls, 
all of the above. I like that. I like that a lot. Another question, different. Now I'm going to kind of switch gears just a little bit. So the platform that I have is all is wellness based. It's very holistic, all these different areas, different dimensions is what I call them of wellness. And so far, I've been really enjoying asking people that I'm interviewing about which dimensions are most important to you, most relevant in your life, maybe just for the stage you are right now, or you can give me a top couple. But which ones do you feel like are most important do you pour into the most between there's 12 of them like the physical emotional mental social intellectual professional financial sexual spiritual environmental cultural or creative what are your jams right now and what's working for you being eclectic that's to be real with you so you i think uh, your day-to-day you think like all of them yeah. So from a holistic standpoint, from a wellness standpoint, I think you got to pull, you know, a little bit or a lot of bit from each of those things. And I think, too, if you focus on just solely one area, you may neglect other areas that need that attention. You know, I can't just focus on the sexual and, you know, and, and I'm neglecting something else. Or I can't just focus on the financial and like it's just so many other. Yeah, so many different aspects. So for me, I think it's easier to pull uh, what's needed from each of those items at the time they are needed, you know, and that's the difference too. Like, I think a lot of people have to do a better job at determining time limits and moderating what they're ingesting in certain areas, you know, because they focus on certain things opposed to looking at it from a holistic standpoint or the entirety of what's actually being placed. I think that is a major key because I tell, again, I talk about it so much and even to clients individually, you can't just have this one thing that's only your job. That's it. That's all you like. Your job is your main focus and you neglect all these other areas, your relationships, you neglect your physical health because as soon as something gets rocky at your job, because that is the only thing you really focus your attention on, your whole world falls apart. It's devastating. It's devastating because that's the only thing you have. Versus if you have this balance between, well, I have, you know, I'm so close with my family. I have these friends. I have my spiritual health is good. I love where I live. Like whatever the case is, it's like something getting a little mucky over there isn't going to rock you as much and you're not going to fall apart. You're not going to spiral if you have balance. I fully agree. I don't think you have to necessarily like mess with all 12 and pour into all 12 at once. I agree that like what works for the time and the season that you're in in life, but that's really cool. I'm glad I'm in support of balance. I'm trying to tell you I'm in support of balance. As we wrap things up, I would also like to ask you, what is your best piece of advice that you would have to give to somebody that is trying to be on a wellness journey, a healing journey, trying to live better in this, you know, holistic way that we're talking about, especially if they maybe feel held back by their previous experiences in therapy or even the stigma behind starting the journey. What is your your key piece? Ignore the perception of others. I think that oftentimes have a lot of people not want to make decisions or not want to go forth with certain decisions, not just therapy, but, you know, living in the, in the perception of others has damaged a lot of self-growth, a lot of opportunities. So I would definitely encourage people to stay away from the opinion and the perception of others, because like even realistically, so many people have an idea on how your life should be or how your finances should be, how your relationship should be. 
no, do what you, do what's best for you and yours. Everybody opposed got to opinion. exactly. Uh, but if you if you live your life based on those opinions, you'll hurt yourself. You know, you'll not know yourself. You'll not grow within yourself. So all of those things. So I would definitely challenge people to do that. Ignore the perception of others. Support it. Mainly because I think people are so fickle. They'll hate you one day for this thing or they'll tell you this. But if you go the other way, like, oh, you got married too young. They're mad. You waited too long to get married. They're mad. You you quit your job and started being an entrepreneur. They're mad. You should have stayed at your job. Like, or they hate your company. Why you work for that company? But like, they're so fickle. They will come up with a reason to judge or not like or have an opinion on something that it's like, there's no way to win with that. If you're listening to them. Mm-hmm. there's no way to win but i fully agree if you listen to you and go and figure out you and what your wants and needs are that's how you get to a place of healing for sure Definitely. because you know what you know is best for you even if you don't know how to make the decision you know ultimately what you want and how you want it to be but once you start getting that feedback and that interaction for other people it can deter you or it can you know it can it can also boost you too but more than likely, people are only live based on what they found from other people, opposed to living from the decisions that they want to make for self. Because mm-hmm. people are wild. Don't listen to people. People are wild. I love it. Well, I sure appreciate the time that you have given me and the insight that you have shared. I definitely learned a couple of things, especially about your book and the idea, like how to find your people and your community and stuff. I think that was that was a really good piece of advice that I had not thought of. So I do really appreciate your time so, so much. Tell everyone how we can keep in touch with you. I will be sure to link things, places to your social media, to your YouTube and everything in the show notes, but please let them know where they can find you, where they can find your book, when they're working. But I think the easier way to find me is through my website, www.mentoheal.com, www.mentoheal.com. And I'm also the founder of a movement called Men to Heal, which focuses on men's overall wellness, their mental health, as well as their physical health. And I'm also the author of a book called Man Just Express Yourself, which is an interactive planner guide for boys and men to better express themselves, navigating tough things within society. We're talking about feelings, emotions, trauma, grief, so many different topics in this book. Did the book, Barnes and Nobles, Target, Walmart, Amazon, pretty much anywhere books are sold. And of course, you can reach out to me, subscribe to my YouTube and all other things on my website. And that's me in a nutshell. Again, thank you for having me. I definitely appreciate you extending the invitation. And yeah, I'm sure we can continue to grow together and assist these people together. And from there, you can subscribe to my YouTube. You can purchase the book from my website or, of course, on Barnes & Noble's, Target, Walmart, Amazon, pretty much anywhere books are sold. And on my website, too, you can reach me on social media. Um, So it's definitely easier that way. But of course... Uh, my my Instagram is men underscore T-O underscore H-E-A-L. And Facebook is Men to Heal. YouTube is Men to Heal. M-E-N-T-O-H-E-A-L. Oh, perfect. Men to Heal across the board. Perfect. Come on, branding. Come on. Consistency. We love to see it. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, cool. I will. I hope that we can cross paths again and do this kind of stuff some more like you said and help everybody again thank you so much
Thank yeah, yeah. Nah, change that language. I mean, we we definitely will cross paths again and continue yeah. to help people. So now, nah, again, thank you for extending the invitation. Good luck on your platform. Continue to grow. Continue to help people, you know, and, and, and pace yourself, too, because it can get challenging trying to keep up with these podcasts and these dates and stuff like that. So, you know, keep up the good work. Yeah, definitely. Keep keep up with the uh, healthy content as well, because it's so many different poor information and insight out there that people are eating up. So it's good to have substance out there in which people need. So I'm glad to see you're doing that. So, again, definitely appreciate you. Thank you.